Hey Bulldogs, it's Annie, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. I'm a marketing major of DeSales class of 2023, and I'm excited to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing DSU students about the endless possibilities beyond graduation. Get ready to be inspired by the stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journeys. Now it's time to introduce this week's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Tassel. I am here with today's guest, Cynthia Cipolletti, graduate of the class of 2019 as a nursing major with a minor in psychology. Cynthia is currently a nationally certified hospice and palliative nurse at Hackensack Meridian Health in New Jersey. So Cynthia, please introduce yourself. Tell us why you chose the sales and how you got to where you are today. Hi, everyone. As Annie said, my name is Cynthia. Um, I actually graduated to sales in May of 2019. I So I actually wanted to go to Villanova really badly um, until I realized how much Villanova costs. And so as we left Villanova, my mom was like, why don't we try to sales? Like, you don't know. And so <clears throat> we had passed to sales multiple times on our way, like to Hershey or different places. And so we went and there happened to be an open house that day and we toured the campus and I was like, all right, well, if I get in the nursing program, I get in. And I ended up getting in and it turned out to be one of the biggest blessings in my whole life. I made incredible friends. I, from that, I have an amazing career that a nursing degree might seem like, like a business degree, you can kind of go anywhere with it but really a nursing degree, you can do the same. During your time at DeSales, what kind of activities, if any activities, were you involved in, such as internships, work-study clubs, or organizations or anything? Um, I actually played a large role in student government throughout all my four years at DeSales. Um, Student government was actually where I met most of my friends. Um, And I'm just one of those, like, very social people who wants to be involved, who wants to, like, not only do better and make a difference, but also be involved, plan events, do different things to help the students. So I, that was one thing that I was very involved in. I was also involved in the Student Nurses Association at DeSales. Um, through that, I actually went to, they had a national conference in Harrisburg one year. We went there. Um, I did other things also throughout, I would say sophomore, junior and senior year. I went on different service trips for spring break. I did some stuff with the service department with Jamie Gearhart. Um, I kind of dibble dabbled in a lot of different things, um, but it just made my experience more wholesome. That's awesome. Um, Did you always want to go into nursing from a young age or was it something that you kind of discovered toward the end of high school going into college? Um, So actually I wanted to be a teacher. I went to a technical high school that had academy. So you chose pretty much as an eighth grader what you wanted to do. And based on that, you got to, for four years of high school, do that thing. So I picked that I wanted to go into child-related careers, wanted to be a teacher. So I decided to do that. Um, I did that through all of high school. And probably it was freshman year into senior into sophomore year, I decided in high school that I didn't want to do that. I had always said that I would, oh, I'll be a teacher for a little while, then I'll go into medicine, then I'll like be a lawyer, all these different things. Like you have pipe dreams when you're 12 years old. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I had ended up in the hospital for a minor surgery and the nurse was just very educational and taught me a lot. 
Um, and so I kind of had this revelation that I could go into medicine, I could be a nurse, have that medicine aspect of my life, but also teach people and educate people and help people. Um, also, after teaching four years of preschoolers, I decided that children just were not the way I wanted to go. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up in nursing. And then college just really cemented that. So what were your first steps following graduation from DeSales that you took into um, your nursing career? Okay, so I would say it actually started my senior year, like the spring of my senior year. DeSales has you go through a licensure process. Um, and because I was out of state, I wasn't in Pennsylvania, that involved a couple more steps just because I had to get a license in another state. Um, I also did a lot of studying sophomore or senior spring semester um, just to study for the board exam and then did that post-graduation. Um, and then just the job process, I'd initially started when everyone who was gonna work in Pennsylvania started applying to jobs in January, February. I had started applying to jobs then and realized that nowhere in New Jersey will take you without graduating and without a license. Whereas the hospitals near to sales know to sales and will take their students. Um, so I kind of had to go back after I had gotten my, had passed my boards, had gotten my degree. I went back in, I would say like June, July time and started applying to jobs again. Was that a very difficult process in, <laughs> you know, 2019, 2020? Like, was that um, kind of? I have to say, I thought it would be easier. Like everyone talks about how, oh, there's a shortage of nurses. Like people are even before the pandemic. So I started working in October before the pandemic hit. Um, and I thought like, okay, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to have my degree. I'm going to pass my boards in July. I'm going to have a job in August. And I was getting no offers. I wasn't getting interviews. I was like, what is happening? And then I had a week in August. I was actually on vacation. And I got three calls from three different hospitals. And I was like, so I went from nothing to having options of these three different hospitals. And um, it kind of just all fell into place. I ended up in a good spot. I have a great job. I love my coworkers. Um, but it was definitely something that weighed on me. And I have other friends who graduated during the pandemic um, after it had started and did struggle to find jobs. I know jobs are more plentiful now because a lot of people have retired and there really is a nursing shortage. Um, but it's definitely something that is easier now, but also harder because there's so many options and you can kind of get stuck in something you don't want because people are just so desperate for nurses. So you were deciding between three different places to work. How did you make that decision? I would say a couple of things. Um, the first thing would be the safety both of me and of the patient. So the one hospital I was looking into or who had looked into me really was not in a good area. Um, and it was just, okay, I'm going to be going to work in the dark in the morning and the dark at night. Is it going to be safe for me to enter the hospital and leave the hospital? And it just wasn't. So that was one of the places. Um, and like what deterred me from that. Another place was just so patient ratios are a big thing. Um, I have in my hospital, I have a max of six patients that I can have. And that's usually the max that people have. Some hospitals, if they're desperate, go up to seven or eight, which is really dangerous, but it happens. 
Um, and that was what this hospital was saying. They were like, well, sometimes we have seven or eight patients. And I was like, seven or eight patients. I'm new out of school. Like I only have experience through clinicals. I don't have any experience as a nurse. You're going to give me eight patients. I don't know how to do that. Um, so that was the other one. And then where I am now, I actually got interviewed by kind of a board of people. It was just a bunch of people at a table and they interviewed me for a couple different jobs. And they interviewed me for my job now, which I'm in oncology and hospice nurse. Um, They also interviewed me for a psych position. And they interviewed me just for a general med surge nurse position. And I chose my position. I had always had an interest in either emergency room or oncology. Um, I'm just not a psych ward kind of nurse. It's just not who I am. So that's what deferred me from that. Um, And then I just got lucky and expressed that I wanted a day shift position. I wanted the oncology position and it worked out. It's not always that easy, but it worked out. Yeah. It seems like there was a little flexibility in your choice there, which is nice. Depending on where you go, you might not have that flexibility. Oh, I want to work during the day. I want to work during the night, but, um, oncology hospice and hospice. So that's an intense field to be in. And you said you wanted to be in that or emergency room. So what, so why were those like appealing to you? Um, I honestly don't know why a lot of oncology nurses have some experience sometime in their life with, um, a cancer patient or a family member. And I didn't really have that experience. So I don't know where that came from. Um, I did have a lot of experience through college. I did a lot of shadowing. I did a lot of um, summer. They weren't necessarily internships, but they kind of internships um, with one of the hospitals by me. They didn't have a set program, but they let me do what an intern would do. I really don't know. I don't know why that's something I'm passionate about. However, it is something I'm passionate about. I think it's also kind of goes based and back to, I want to help people. And these people are very vulnerable. And their lives are in danger. And a lot of our care for them, at least on my floor and the patients we have is education. And education is a big part of who I am and how I want to help people. So if I can do that, if I can educate people on their medications or treating their symptoms or helping them feel better, why not do that? And a lot of other nursing jobs don't provide you that or provide you that in small spurts. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be able to help these people by educating them. And that's what oncology and hospice have provided me. That's awesome. It's it's important to really be passionate and love what you do, especially in nursing, because you are on the front lines and we're very like thankful for that, especially following the pandemic. And that's important that there's people that can do the nursing jobs because a lot of people like myself, I don't think I have the strength and you need to be a very strong person. So Thank you, Cynthia. That's awesome. Oh, hey. Um, could you walk us <laughs> could you walk us through what your day-to-day looks like? Um, my day at work can be very different. Um, I start at seven. You get report from the nurse who's leaving, the night nurse. Um, usually by 7:30, that's done. You meet your patients, you say hi, you see if they need anything. And then I sit and I organize myself. All my coworkers know, don't disturb Cynthia in like the first 20 minutes. Um, I write down all the information I didn't get from the night shift nurse. I write down all the times that the patients have medication. 
I write down like all the important things I need to follow up on. A lot of times overnight, it's hard for nurses to get in touch with doctors and to get things done. So I'm on day shift. I can talk to the doctors in person, on the phone. It's just much easier. Um, and then from there, I just start my day. I go in all the patient's rooms. I give them their morning medications. I do my assessments. I do my charting throughout the morning and really coordinating care for the patients, finding out what they need, what doctors they need to see, what their problems are, how we can fix them. Um, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of talking with coworkers, and then a lot of a lot of our patients in oncology are in the hospital because something happened. So whether it is they got a chemo treatment or a radiation treatment, and there's some side effects because of that, whether it's they um, had some surgery and something happened after the surgery, or they're just really sick. Cancer patients, their immune system is in the toilet. So they can get sick, the drop of a hat. Um, they can get a simple cold that you or I would be totally fine with. We'd recover, we'd, you know, maybe take some Tylenol for a headache and move on. Um, they get really sick. And so that could be why they're there. Or also pain. A lot of our patients are in incredible pain. Cancer is invading their body and attacking their body. Um, so that's painful. Or they're nauseous or they have other issues. So that's why our patients are with us. So throughout the day, I'm kind of trying to battle those things and help patients recover from those things. And then just helping each other. Our day, we have a great um, team at work and I have great coworkers that we help each other throughout the shift. So whether it's I need help or they need help, we're trying to keep all our patients up and moving. We're trying to keep them pain-free. We're trying to keep them as healthy as they can be, even though they're so sick. So that's kind of what a day looks like, just helping and trying to get people better. We're not going to get them to better like you or I are, but we're going to hopefully get them to a place when they get home that they're able to function a little bit easier. It's a very challenging job. I um, yeah. can see from what you're saying that it's very daunting just on your physical and mental and just, mm -hmm. but it's very rewarding in a sense too, that you are helping people who really need it. So, I mean, COVID, the pandemic proved nursing to be one of the most challenging jobs. And even before that, but especially throughout COVID, we just seen rates of nurses dropping and everything. So what are some of the greatest challenges that you face in your job and how do you overcome those challenges? Yeah, so I actually was very blessed and didn't really go to the COVID units. Um, I went a couple of times, they call it floating when you go from your unit to another unit. Um, I did go a couple of times, I did it for a day and then I got to go back to the job I do. Um, so I would say that the challenges are just overall burnout. Um, our nurses, like I said, we stay primarily on our unit. However, our patients came in and they were either so scared to come in because the world was so dangerous. They were scared to come into a hospital, which I probably would have been too if my immune system just wasn't helping me and I was sick. Um, so our patients came in very, very sick. They came in and they were like, oh, well, I've been doing this for three weeks. And I'm like, you've had this infection for three weeks and now you're coming in. So that was a lot of a lot of a challenge just to educate our patients on we get you're sick, we get the hospitals dangerous. However, we have protocols in place to help and protect you, you need to come in. 
because you come in and you think we can help you and you're, you're all the way at a hundred. We can't get you back sometimes and not in a spot where they're not dying. They're just so sick that they're, they're concerned that, oh, well now I have to go to ICU. Well, ICU is really where COVID is. So if you came in when you needed to, we could have helped you on our safe floor. So that was one of the challenges. And it was just a lot of burnout because we're trying to educate patients. We're trying to help them. And no matter what we were doing, patients weren't understanding. You just need to come to the hospital. You just need to get treatment and help yourself. Um, I have to say, we also hired after I started. So I started in October. From when I started to now, we hired almost 20 new nurses. That's a lot for nurses who I had gotten off orientation in January and the first COVID patient hit our hospital in March. So I was two months off orientation, just getting my feet settled. And I was struggling because this pandemic hit and you don't know what to do. And lots of nurses, our patient population went down. So we didn't have as many patients. So nurses are going to other floors, they're getting canceled. So it was hard to kind of be the the knowledgeable one when I really had no knowledge at all. Um, and then we hired so many new nurses and they got training during the pandemic. So a lot of their skills and a lot of the things they know were shortened. And it was like, okay, here's a summary. We need you really bad. You're getting a one month orientation instead of three. And I was like, wait, what? So we still have nurses who are struggling almost two years later. And they're like, wait, I know I learned that, but I don't remember. And that is concerning just as a coworker and trying to work with that and trying to help them while also trying to help your patients. So that was definitely a challenge. Um, and I think also, and I know this is just the world in general, um, but anxiety. I wouldn't say that I was anxious, but our patients are coming in. They're so anxious. They don't know what's happening. And a lot of our patients are coming in because they had symptoms of cancer for a year and then they come in and they have this new cancer diagnosis and they're like so you're gonna fix me right i'm like um i would love to but now we're a year behind and so that caused a lot of anxiety um and also just a lot of our patients hadn't gotten out they hadn't seen other people so they were very depressed if having cancer wasn't enough not being able to see your family and staying so quarantined and so protected was also definitely a concern for our patients. Um, and then for us too, because these patients are battling a lot and we're trying to help them, but being so anxious and being so depressed is definitely a barrier to getting better. Going along with all these challenges, how do you overcome these challenges? So I feel that if you were dealing, I mean, that you are dealing with a lot of difficult moments in your job, what, when you come home after a shift, how do you decompress? So I actually, as much as commuting an hour back and forth is a lot, um, it's definitely that hour is a nice time to just like be by myself and not talk to people. After you've talked to people for 13 hours, your brain is just like mush. It can't function anymore. Um, so that definitely helps me. Um, I do tend to, a lot of my friends are nurses, not in my hospital, but in other hospitals. Um, so I'll talk to people on the phone. We'll just kind of, it's great to have that support of people who, whether they are COVID nurses, none of my friends from DeSales are oncology nurses. However, we're all experiencing the pandemic. We're all experiencing 
patient anxiety and things that are just across the board happening. The world is just in a bad spot and we're the front line to that Um, or more we were. But so that's something else. I talk to a lot of people. I'm a very social person. So I'd rather talk to people and talk it through than bottle it down. Um, And just on my days off doing things that I enjoy, doing things that make me happy, whether that's being outside and working out or being with people or I love crafting, like crafting, reading, doing things that just make me happy. Um, And then also working on my master's program. Like that's something that is a stressor, but I know it's going to help me in the future. So it's worth it. It's something that I can take. And a lot of times in class, we're taking things that we experience and talking through them. Um, So that helps also. We're taking the things that I've experienced that I don't realize have impacted me. But when someone says something, it triggers me to be like, oh, wait, that did impact me. Like that did hurt or that didn't concern me. So something like that. There's a lot of different options and you have to have a really good balance of work and life to make sure that work doesn't take over your life. So speaking of things that make you happy, could you tell us about the book that you recently published and what the process for that was like? The book actually started as a quarantine project. Um, My best friend is in med school and because of med school, she didn't get to experience clinicals for school, which happened across the board in so many different medical programs. Um, And so she was like, hey, can you just write me down a couple things that you have interactions with doctors or if you talk to a doctor and ask them like, what was the hardest thing about school? What was the hardest thing about, you know, life after school? Just write them down. And she basically just wanted me to send her a note on her phone so she could like read it quick and move on. Well, I'm not that person. I can't just send a note. Um, so I wrote it down in a book and I made it like all cutesy and I was like, okay, I'm so excited about this. And then one day, I don't know what prompted me to think of this, but I realized I don't know as much about medicine as I know about nursing. Like I'm a nurse. I do that all day. I know way more about that. So two of my friends, one actually graduated a year after me from DeSales and one graduated the accelerated nursing program from DeSales. Um, they were graduating and I was like, oh my gosh, I could turn this into like a nursing thing. So I wrote them in journals from Michael's. I wrote them these books and each page was the same information, but looked different in the two books. And I gave them to them. And as I was doing it and writing them and like working through the process, so many people, my family, friends were like, Cynthia, why don't you publish this? Like, why don't you make this a thing? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, this is just a present, like whatever. And one day I just said, I was like, you know what? I'm going to scan in the pages of their books before I give them to them and just ask Barnes and Noble to print it. So you can go on Barnes and Noble's website and print books at any time. And it was like $3 to print a book. I was like, oh, that's so easy. Like, here's my $3, like print this book. And it looked horrible because I scanned in pages from these journals that like, it just didn't work. So then I gave them their books and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start writing it on the iPad. So with the Apple Pencil, I just rewrote every single page and I printed it. And time after time, I perfected it. I had someone edit it. I redid the cover. And then it blossomed into, now it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. Um, Anyone can buy it at any time. And it's just a great experience. It's great to say I did something productive with COVID. 
<laughs> what is the title of the book? So the title of the book is The Good, The Ugh, and The Better Grab Gloves. Um, it's a nursing survival guide. It's published by me. Um, and it's basically just a nursing survival guide of you. You learn so much in nursing school and you learn so much when you start a job. But that bridge of that information and how to kind of coordinate all that information isn't out there. You don't realize that what you learn in school is great, but it's like 8% of what you need to know. What you really need to know is what you learn hands on on the job. And so my book combines that little 8% with what I actually learned in my first year, year and a half of being a bedside nurse. That's amazing. Well, congratulations on your publication. I think that's super important for any industry, but especially nursing because of how um, hands-on it really is. So I meant to ask this earlier, but um, so you're a nationally certified hospice and palliative nurse. Could you explain what hospice and palliative care involves? I actually did a project on this my senior year of college, and I thought I knew everything I needed to know. And I knew literally zero. Um, so palliative care is pretty much the precursor to hospice. So palliative care is symptom management. We want the patient to not be in pain. And this isn't just cancer patients. It's all different patients. You don't want them in pain. You don't want them uncomfortable. You want them to live their best life, even though you know their life isn't going to continue much longer. Palliative care, patients can be on palliative care for years and years and years. Whereas hospice is within the last six months of your life. And we're not just making you baseline comfortable. We're making you comfortable to the point where you have no pain. You can function as well as you can, as well as you're going to. Um, and you're not uncomfortable. You're not nauseous. You're not vomiting. You're not anxious. You're able to function a little bit. You're able to spend time with family and you're able to do that in a way that you're not miserable. And for so many people at the end of life, that's so important. Um, I have to say, when I did the project in school, I thought palliative was like, okay, you start on palliative, and then you go to hospice. A lot of times it's not. I've seen patients who've been on palliative care for so long. It's really just extra support. It's you have a social worker who can help you. You have a therapist. You have different perspectives that can help you in all different aspects of your life rather than just okay you're dying you're in pain you're miserable let me help you for the last six months to die peacefully okay so i'm gonna ask my final question so okay. what are the top qualities that you suggest students who want to pursue a career in nursing have and what kind of advice would you give to those students i would say First, and this isn't necessarily a quality, but first, you have to be persistent and not give up. I, as a person who was, I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday. I went into my pediatric final in nursing school and I was failing. I had to get a 92 to pass the class. And I remember saying to my roommate, I said, you know what? If I fail, I fail. It will be what it will be but I will go into this test. I will study my butt off. I will work so hard that when I don't, if I don't pass that test, I know I put every possible thing into it. And that's really one thing that I, and I tell people that story all the time is 
it might knock you down. It might be exhausting to be in nursing school. And it's going to be exhausting to be a nurse. But you have to keep pushing and you have to be passionate about it. If you're not passionate about it, if you're not persistent, if you're not here and courageous and continue trying, you're not going to get anywhere. Because what you learn in school is great. What you're tested on is great. But what you actually need to know and critically think about, people's lives are in your hands. You just have to be persistent. You just have to keep pushing. And you just have to believe in yourself. Even when you don't, just believe in yourself. Also, the fact that you can be a nurse in so many different ways. You don't have to go into nursing and be a bedside nurse and be a med surge nurse or a telemetry nurse. You can go in. So many people told me, oh, well, you don't want a specialty when you start. I went in. I asked to be day shift. And I got granted that. I got lucky. I asked to be an oncology nurse. They had a position. I got lucky. Not everyone has that. I have friends who are miserable in their jobs. I have friends who love their jobs. You just have to ask for what you need. And if something isn't working for you, if you don't think that you could be a bedside nurse, don't do it. There's so many options. Do whatever is going to work for you. And if it doesn't work for you, stick it out. You're going to learn something no matter what job you have. Stick it out for at least six months because you don't know in six months what you can learn. Six months ago, I don't know. I didn't know half the things I know now. And that's after two years of being a nurse. So you don't know what you can learn. Stick it out. If you're really that miserable, switch. There's hundreds, thousands of nursing jobs. Well, that's awesome advice. I think in any field, especially nursing, do what makes you happy. Do what works for you, like you said. And I liked what you said about believing in yourself because you have to believe in yourself first before you can help others and help them to recover. So thank you, Cynthia, for joining me today and sharing your experiences with everyone. If anyone would like to reach out to Cynthia, I have her contact info linked in the caption. Otherwise, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. And thank you, everyone listening. Please remember to subscribe to Beyond the Tassel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our honor to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to be a guest on the show, you can contact melanie.valone at desales.edu. And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.